0: Hi, welcome to the Tell Me What You're Proud Of podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maggie Perry. I'm a licensed psychologist with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. I'm also the founder of the online group therapy platform, huddle.care. I love helping people overcome anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mood disorders, and stress. Please join us each week as we share real sessions with actual clients that reveal helpful techniques for effectively dealing with anxiety, OCD, mood disorders, and stress. We'll discuss what effective therapy looks like, sounds like, and feels like. We'll follow our guests as they overcome their biggest fears and find that despite their biological vulnerabilities, they can still live a rich, full, and meaningful life. My therapeutic approach is strengths-based and seeks to find and reinforce what clients do well to help them generalize those skills towards areas where they're stuck. My model for psychotherapy can be summed up as this. You tell me what you're proud of and I'll help you become effective and happy across all areas of your life. Thanks for listening and let's get the show started. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you're looking for a great place online to practice the mental health improving tips from this episode that's also COVID safe and HIPAA compliant, consider joining Huddle.Care. Huddle is an online mental health club. We offer additional education about mental health through our weekly newsletter. We provide support for your mental health through our community time and our altruism Club which is like a book club for your mental health. We teach new ways of relating to your anxiety and OCD through our skills groups and our individual out-of-network psychotherapy. We strive to meet you where you are in your mental health journey and provide what you need. Okay now, enjoy the episode. Hi, it's Dr. Maggie Perry. Huddle.care is growing. If you are a licensed mental health professional in any state and you're interested in joining my team to run individual sessions or group sessions, please email me at team at huddle.care and I'll send you some more information. Thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Maggie Perry with Tell Me What You're Proud of. Um, This month, we're talking about um, experiential avoidance and how avoidance creates, maintains and intensifies your anxiety. So today on the show, we have Jared. Jared's going to tell us more about his avoidance. Jared, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, so tell me how avoidance plays out in your life, how it, how it showed up in the past, what's going on for you now?
1: Um, avoidance has actually played a pretty big part of my, uh, throughout my life, actually. Uh, you know, ever since this, the first thing that I really, that I clearly remember was after graduation. And after graduation of college, and I was, uh, you know, just trying to find a place to work. And uh, I just had this huge anxiety attack about, uh, you know, knowing the fine lines between what is professional, what is personal, knowing the boundaries, and uh, if there's a need to act professional in all these things. And I actually kind of tried to avoid doing a lot of, um, especially during the recruitment process or any of those things, because I just felt... It wasn't it just felt very foreign to me. And so uh, I always avoided that, never really looked at uh, well, never really looked into um going through the you know the conventional process of trying to get your first job after college. Uh, you know, that was just a huge struggle for me, and I ended up just um you know, just wanting to avoid that whole process altogether. So, I mean, in other words, it took a lot, It took a while for me to truly understand what it meant to be independent. Um, and I was just kind of avoiding that for a very long time, I guess. Uh, but you know, there were other aspects, uh, underlying aspects in terms of why I felt like I was in that situation. Um, the second thing was... Uh, oh,
0: actually, can I just interrupt you there? Yeah. What feelings were you avoiding?
1: Um, you definitely, I had a huge, uh, you know, there was all these sensations, especially during that process. Um, you know, I always felt like I needed to... There was just it was just an overbearing weight that I felt like that was on my shoulders and I was avoiding it every single moment, you know, every, you know, even though the day to graduation was even was getting closer and closer and you see all your other peers who are, you know, have their job offers already. And I'm just there just like, uh, you know, just still kind of clueless in terms of what to do, because I just wanted to avoid this whole having to act professional type of thing. It sounds ridiculous now, but it's uh, it was definitely a huge problem in the past for me. Um, I guess you can call it social anxiety that I wanted to avoid.
0: Mm-hmm. So you had um, anxious sensations, you had pressure in your chest. What kind of socially anxious thoughts would you have?
1: The thoughts at the time were a lot of, I guess you can say like helplessness and like hopelessness. Um, I just never felt like I could do it. Uh, I never felt like I can do anything by my own worth or by my own merits, because uh, you know, just all throughout life, I felt um, I was catered towards, or you know, I had help at in some way or form um, leading up to my uh, you know college career, college life, um, and so there was a, I guess I had a very skewed sense of what it was like to really work in the real world per se, uh, quote unquote. So um now I forgot the question, what was it?
0: <laughs> yeah, no problem. So those are the types of um feelings and thoughts that you were having that it was mostly thoughts of like hopelessness and helplessness, like you,
1: yes, you kind absolutely. of had a-
0: like a lack of efficacy um, rooted in not really like putting yourself out there and risking failing in the past?
1: No, yes, absolutely. I don't think, uh, I mean, now in hindsight, it. I just, I never felt like I had independently gained anything. Like I actually achieved anything. It was all just part of a, uh, you know, I just needed to create this facade. Uh, in one way or the other. And I did that, you know, pretty much until, you know, I went up to college and now having, you know, now directly facing the reality of life uh, in the workforce, I just really didn't know how to, uh, you know, battle with that or how to conquer those anxiety feelings, even though I know that everybody else was feeling it and everybody else was kind of like, know feeling the same type of feeling that I did I actually instead of using it as you know motivation or incentive or you know in some way use it as strength to keep me going I just wanted to avoid the whole situation um and yeah you're right I don't think I I mean i never felt a lot of self-efficacy or a lot of confidence um especially when I was in the process of creating my resume you know even just looking at my name was just like ugh so (laughs) It was a lot of, um, like, I felt like I didn't achieve, there was a lack of achievement throughout my life that didn't exactly meet the requirements of what was needed after graduation and going into the workforce.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, so how has avoidance impacted you over the years?
1: Um. Yeah, I you know, avoided a lot of how I was, you know, I tried to avoid a lot of my thought processes uh, throughout the years, you know, through, you know, substance abuse. Um, I drank a lot of alcohol, uh, you know, smoked a lot of weed and, um, you know, I just felt like that was one way of trying to avoid in terms of how to work and deal with, uh, you know, my thought process, how I was feeling, you know, the, you know, my, uh, the senses of depression and anxiety and all that instead of just like really trying to work with it, I you know used other means to do so and tried to suppress it uh, but do you
0: remember actively um trying to suppress what you were feeling, or was it less more subconscious than that
1: it I, I mean, it was a few years back, so I definitely felt like it was a lot of thought suppression at first, like about, um, you know, there's a lot of thought suppression in terms of how my, you know, how the family would view me. Uh, you know, I come from a pretty conservative household, so it's a, it, it, you know, I just felt like I was, I didn't reach their expectations, I didn't reach their level. And, you know, and given, coupled with like the let, this lack of achievement that I was feeling just like all throughout life, um, you know, that really put me into a downer and to avoid those feelings, you know, substance abuse uh, definitely played its role. Um, So, yeah, I mean, so that had happened and... Uh, yeah, I just felt like I couldn't do anything. I didn't know what I identified with. I just felt like I was lost. Like hit rock bottom for a little bit in my mid twenties. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, how did you? What did you start going towards? How did you start relating to avoidance that helped you get out of that kind of rock bottom situation?
1: Um, What really helped me got out of this rock bottom situation was, I mean, I'm doing it right now with you. <laughs> uh, was uh, you know I was you know, I dro- just dropped out of law school and I had nothing, you know, I just didn't know what to do. I was at a point where, you know, I just felt like I didn't care about anything. Depression was running pretty high. Uh, you know, just everything just seemed like a chore. Um, Just anything, uh, you know, just walking out, going to the bathroom or taking a shower, just any daily basic needs that people do on a daily basis. <laughs> it's, It was just, everything just seemed like a chore. So, um, it really changed once I was, you know, pretty much pushed to doing therapy. And uh, it really gave me a, you know, I really just, I really came into it with no expectations. It was not really, it was not exactly my first uh, therapy session I had, but I already did have a stigma, you know, towards it. And and, uh, I, I had my own perspective on it didn't really think much of it, you know, uh, especially from my background, I did, it wasn't really something that I thought was completely necessary, but, um, you know, having gone through this in short, you know, having gone through this therapy process has really had, uh, just had a huge impact on the way that I view things now and the way how I view my, uh, you know, my own, uh, you know content areas and my own um you know my own identity i mean i just feel like it had hugely impacted me to the point where now i'm in grad school to be uh to hopefully become a licensed clinical uh <laughs> therapist
0: yeah it's such a it's such a um amazing shift from kind of stigmatizing um and feeling like therapy wasn't worth it or it wasn't helpful or something like that to wanting to do that as your career so that's really great um yeah. Can you say, if we frame this up as like um, a lot of your suffering earlier in your life was the byproduct of experiential avoidance, so the way that you were avoiding your both your internal experience and your external experience, can you tell how therapy has helped you turn towards your experience, whether that's internal or external?
1: Um. I've definitely, I'm not exactly sure how to respond to this question. Um, and I hope I'm going in the right direction here. I, you know, it it was a lot of perspective taking, I thought for me on my end, um, in just a way in terms of how I, uh, should be, you know, dealing with my issues. Like, how do I, how should I change my perspective on how I see it and, you know, just embrace the things that had already happened. And, uh, you know, just how, how would, what would you do moving forward instead of like always looking towards the past and just, uh, you know, just like relishing in that instead. Um, that, because that just created a lot of avoidance for me and just staying quiet, like created a lot of avoidance for me. I felt, uh, you know, it was, so you uh, learned
0: to accept what has already happened. You learned to accept your past mistakes rather than ruminating or beating yourself up. And then that, that gave you more energy to look forward.
1: No, absolutely. I, it was a lot of, um yeah, I did a lot of self beating up maybe like a lot of my inner thoughts was just about how I was not good at anything, how I was never going to be successful or how I was You know never gonna really have anything fulfilling in life and also at the same time you know i was you know i felt like i was told never to complain never to um you know you never to show your concerns or like your feelings you know just like keep it to yourself and learn how to deal with it emotionally or i mean just individually um no no personally (laughs) so it's uh the more that I started to accept, like, I, one thing from therapy was I, I still needed to, I feel like I needed a lot of reassurance, but at the same time, I was seeking a lot of reassurance, but at the same time, I needed to learn how to also not worry about being a burden complex, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that also created a lot of avoidance.
0: So you needed to learn when to reach out for help and that you deserved that help when you needed it, but then also when you were seeking reassurance just because you felt anxious when you needed to kind of um, give yourself that, um, um, not you couldn't give yourself that sense of uncertainty. I guess you have to, rather than getting reassurance, learn to tolerate uncertainty.
1: Right. How to tolerate uncertainty and also just like having these support groups as, you know, just perceived uh, self-efficacy, as you can probably say. Uh, Just like how I would perceive, you know, just myself, even though whatever is going to be happening in the future, we still don't know yet. So that's also one thing that I felt like I had to really learn was not to, uh, you know, not just not to think too much of the end result and the consequences too much or overthink it. I mean, as much as it is an important factor, it's, uh, you know, it's probably one of the main reasons of why in general, I had been avoiding, you know, just a lot of opportunities or a lot of, uh, you know, just opportunities for growth, personal growth, professional growth, um, you know, just a lot of those things. So, Mm
0: -hmm. and is there still avoidance in your everyday life today?
1: You know, (laughs) yeah i mean there is and it's not as i i, I don't feel as uh, you yeah, know i definitely feel i have a growth in self-confidence and my self-esteem um at this moment and i have to thank a lot of that credited a lot to my cycling uh passion my passion for cycling and um, you know that really helped me keep in shape you know it really helped my days going i just always felt great every day and that's one thing that I have been avoiding quite a bit, and um, not in terms of, you know, short distance cycling. I mean, I still will, I will still ride my bike to CVS or to, uh, you know, to another convenience store, uh, or just to run some errands. But doing long rides, like the like the commute rides that I used to do uh, pre COVID, I mean, those were. I miss those days and now I just find it like decently hard to find the motivation to do it. But, um, you know, as I said before, I feel like I'm taking this on in a different mentality in a different view, uh, and how I perceive my avoidance and to be okay with it. And, uh, you know, that I am still riding my bike is just not the distances that I used to be having before, not to give excuses, but just to give myself a more, positive support.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So can you say more about like, basically um, it sounds like you are hoping for a certain outcome, but rather than beating yourself up to get to that outcome, you're being more self-compassionate and kind of meeting yourself where you are. Is that how you would frame it up?
1: Absolutely. I think self-compassion is definitely the right word uh, for my, for for me in this case. Um, I've definitely felt a lot more self-compassion about myself Weirdly, throughout COVID, um, uh, during these COVID times, I, you know, have, I'm now attending, you know, I'm doing grad school now. And that probably gave me a lot of reinforcement, a lot of, uh, you know, self-efficacy, feelings of self-efficacy, and uh, just a lot of feelings of confidence as well. But um, yeah, this was also a moment of I forgot the question. Sorry. I, I mean, it, my 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 mind is really just trying to run there. What was the question again?
0: Yeah, we were back to. It sounds like you're being more self-compassionate about trying to achieve your outcome rather than getting there through self-criticism.
1: Oh right, yeah, got it. Yeah, and so I just felt like I had a lot of self-compassion even throughout uh, my grad school experience, um, and that just you know that just kind of helped with. I think just trying to be like that on a consistent basis. I mean, I still have challenges of a lot of those bad negative thoughts coming in about myself, but I'm in a better place to control them. So yeah, but a lot of these events that also happened uh, as of recent just probably helped with that as well.
0: Yeah. So what helps you control your um, unwanted or negative self-talk, you know, that isn't avoidance? Can you, can you say more about that what you do that's helpful but not like suppression?
1: Um sometimes i just try to so like in terms of how do i try to be more self compassionate with my talk with uh yeah. with my self talk yeah. uh when i do avoid or in either case
0: In either case.
1: Yeah, i mean when i don't um ride my bike it's you know, I just kind of tell myself that it's okay. And that, you know, this is really, that I feel like that a lot of these moments are really happening because a lot of these behaviors for me are really happening because of uh, you know, we're just living during these crazy times and that eventually I'll get back into it. But there is that challenge that I do have in my head, even though uh, just because knowing myself, sometimes I never follow through with a lot of my plans. But um, I really just try to be not as self-criticizing as uh, possible Um, in the, in how, how should I say it? I just calm myself down. I just tell myself that it's okay.
0: And what gives you willingness to be so self-compassionate?
1: now I feel like because I just have a clear future ahead of me, I really do believe that. And, um, and also just therapy. <laughs> I mean, I try to, I mean, I really just have to tie this down to, you know, uh, doing my therapy sessions because uh, you know, it just really was a big impact in terms of how I needed well, in ter- in, for my sake, in my opinion, how I needed to view myself, um, and that is with definitely a little bit more of self-compassion.
0: Yeah. So, just the the practice of turning towards your experience and talking about what you were thinking and feeling generated self-compassionate self-compassion kind of naturally over time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I I think one other thing I do want to say is I can't forget about my dog. Because he was a huge process. (laughs) I mean, that's crazy. I mean, he was a huge process in my growth as well. Like um, in terms of responsibility, in terms of uh, consistency, having a routine um, and all of that. And, you know, just having a buddy next to me really does put a lot of that loneliness, the feeling of worthlessness, loneliness just kind of out of the window, (laughs) Uh, at least in my case. So yeah, just a little shout out to him.
0: That sounds great. I totally agree that um, animals can be supportive in that way. Um, So in our awareness of our time, why don't we end there for today? And then we'll pick back up on how things are going for you next time.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you're looking for a great place online to practice the mental health improving tips, from this episode that's also COVID-safe and HIPAA compliant, consider joining Huddle.Care. Huddle is an online mental health club that strives to meet you where you are in your mental health journey. We have community time, altruism clubs, skills groups, and individual psychotherapy. Head to Huddle.Care to learn more. And don't forget to tell me what you're proud of whenever you can via email, my website, or on the social media channels. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you felt any benefit from the show, please let us know and share it with anyone you think would also find benefit. As a disclaimer, please consult your doctor or therapist before attempting any strategies shared here. Thank you.